Dylan. Hey, Zach. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Twitching Upstream, which is another show by some nobodies. I'm Zach, and that's Dylan on uh, that side over there today. And uh, Twitching Upstream is a side project from Talking Upstream that comes out on Sundays. And that show, we actually have a bunch of guests on, and we have interviews, and we talk to creatives, and we kind of build a big thing. Uh, but Twitching Upstream is... Uh, it's a little bit different, uh, and if you know us, you know that I send Dylan about 10 new ideas a week, usually in text message form, and these ideas hit me at the weirdest times, so he gets these messages at all hours of the day, which is probably annoying to him. <laughs> uh, and on the show, what I do is I ask Dylan to pick one of these text messages that I have sent him, and then we work on that project with a little help from you, hopefully. So if at any time, if you have any suggestions, just throw it into the chat, and we'll try to work it in. Uh, we'll do something. You know, we'll... we'll We'll use your suggestions somehow. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and quick note, uh, special thanks to Scene Snobs. Scene Snobs is uh, a very cool channel of some, some pretty cool nerds. Um, they let us on their network, which is great for us and probably great for them. Uh, so if you, like, if you like nerdy stuff and you're watching this right now, go to uh, thescenesnobs.com. It's a channel. It's a radio. It's entertaining. Oh, yeah. And it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, what are those faces you make? Why why are you making faces at me? Me? I make faces yeah. I make faces all the time. Yeah, but when you make this face, that means like I'm doing something probably not mm, right. Nah, you should just ignore that. All right, cool. Well, like always, check out somenobodies.com for all of our progress and yeah. all this weird whatnot we got going on. Um, before we get to the creation part, uh, what I like to do is, uh, A, uh, give people some time to kind of show up and get into the chat so we can make a better, cooler show. And B, I ask my best friend Dylan some quick questions. And I do this live because he won't respond to these kind of text messages in, uh, in real time. It's just so, a lot. It's just a lot. I can't be attached to my phone, man. It's 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 got to be a lot. So until some people show up in the chat, uh, we're gonna get onto some quick uh, nerd news that I care about, and some people don't. So whatever. Uh, but first, Star Wars news because I'm a nerd. Whatever. Favreau says that the Mandalorian will lead directly into the sequel trilogy. So if the Mandalorian is currently set in nine BBY and Force Awakens is thirty four BBY, there's ultimately got to be some kind of time jump, right? Uh, is that so BBY or ABY? BBY. ABY. Yeah, ABY. Sorry. Okay. All ABY. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Battle Yavin's way it's, before. It's very important uh, we get our fictional Star Wars days correct. You're right. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you fact checking me on that. But that means that there's got to be a 25 year gap here. So, my quick question is quick question yeah. Is Grogu dead or are they trying to reset the universe? Grogu is a B canon character and he doesn't exist in the movies. Rumor is that they're trying to reset the movies. I don't. I don't buy it. That's yeah. Weak. Yeah. Sogatano is about you know uh, time jumping universe like the the world between worlds that kind of thing. Yeah, so. we'll see. All right. Well, on to Marvel news. <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> Marvel. Marvel. No, that's no, that's not good. Uh, Wanda is the only bit of MCU that we're getting right now, and it's halfway done. Uh, fourth episode of eight just came out. Um, knowing that it's leading into Doctor Strange and also Spider Man three. Quick question. 
what are your thoughts of the show? And is the devil doing this? Uh, my thoughts so far is that the first half is pretty strong. Uh, I like the pacing, though I've heard some criticisms of it being too slow. Just remember what it used to be like watching TV once a week. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a, a, a chat room that blows up nonstop, mm -hmm. and uh, they were talking about somebody very famous is in there, by the way, and he was talking about how great it is that you can have uh, WandaVision out and have that weekly thing where we can just sit back and talk about it, you know, and, and, and chit-chat. Um, if, uh, if the devil is involved in any way, top-notch. 100% top -notch. on board. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, all right, DC News. Snyder Cut got released. It uh, got a release date, and uh, also Jared Leto has released some burnt face images that tie into the real ending of the Ayer uh, Suicide Squad. <sighs> Quick question: Do you want to mm -hmm. talk about this, or do you want to talk about something a little bit more intriguing in DC News? <laughs> more intriguing. I don't care about the Snyder Cut. I really don't. Perfect. All right. In better DC news, Jeffrey Wright of Westworld and Hunger Games uh, made DC history by being cast as the first black Batman. He's casting a role uh, on the show called Batman the Audio Adventure, which is a new podcast for HBO Max. How do you feel about that? Huh. A I Batman like right? I Batman like Batman. podcast. I like podcasts. Sure. Why not? Let's do <laughs> you like, you like, I like Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's got great a good voice for Batman, I think. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, other nerd news, um, Elon oh. Musk recently implanted a microchip in a monkey's brain so that the monkey can play video games with their brain. So quick question, why didn't you think of this for one of our shows? Because I'm not a hack. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling Elon Musk a hack? Yeah. All right, that's fair. He can, he can fight me if he disagrees. Uh, all right, well, hey, yeah. those are both, I'll those send are... him a message on Twitter. He might actually respond. Yeah, that's He's pretty He's got nothing cool. better to do. That's a pretty pretty bold uh, statement out there. Just have Elon Musk fight me. Uh, all right, so Dylan, do you want to get onto the show? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. So um, twitching upstream. Uh, think of it kind of like you, we've reduced talking upstream down so it's all concentrated. Um, we skip the interview segment. We skip any of the scene stuff. And so what we're doing, um, instead of having two ideas like we do on our Sunday show and you choosing one, we come with idea an idea kind of picked out already so we can just streamline the whole process. So, yeah, I already highlighted all of these. <laughs> oh, you did? I, I'm yeah, sorry. I didn't see it's that. fine. It's fine. Um, so normally how we do this is that I go back through all these text message ideas that Zach sends me throughout the week and I pick a few that are really intriguing and we kind of nail down one that we want to do. Um, I figured in order to streamline it a little bit more, I just come with one of them prepared already. And that idea, um, and it's admittedly maybe a little derivative, and I had some hand in that. Um, the reason I chose this one is because I've been watching a lot of The Expanse recently. Um, and one of the ideas we've talked about this last week is the equivalent of Die Hard on a Space Station. So, Oh, yeah. It's a group of people on a space station. They're trapped by bad guys. And they have to figure out the <laughs> figure it out. They have to figure out what's going on or get out of it. Um, not only that, but I figured we could t uh, do our first sequel of the show. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, now, we've never tackled we've never tackled a sequel before. Yeah, Wait, so lockdown, you... lockdown's pretty close, but I I haven't seen it, so we're gonna skip that. Um. 
Tim, I love Dude, the expanse. Does he ever? You, you should have um, heard the pre-show. It's all about the expanse. Um, no, so we haven't done a sequel to any of our previous ideas on the show. We like to try and come with fresh stuff prepared. Um, but I think we have a few ideas that bear expansion. And the one I'm referring to is something we did on Twitch and Upstream a few weeks ago, which we had tentatively titled Empire of Salt. Yeah. Um, now, Empire of Salt, for those of you who don't go through our back catalogs, like true fans, um, it was... Zach had sent me this long-winded text message <laughs> about wind caves and finding rocket boots and a sword and using it to fight off these... E and it was very Hero's Journey. It was very vague, intentionally, so that, so that we could expand it. Mm-hmm. And we turned it into this weird, like, water world slash revolution megacorp sci-fi space opera thing with a main character named Salt who shows up and is kind of the instigator for this rebellion. So I figure what we do right now is we figure out the second part of this because we had kind of come into this with the idea that it being a franchise. So let's do Empire of Salt Part 2, uh, whatever we wind up titling it. Uh, but effectively, yeah. it would be... Set on a space station, bad guys show up, and the characters have to deal with that. Okay. So we are set on a space station. <laughs> God, I just cannot spell today. Uh, okay, so we're set on a space station. Uh, bad guys show up. <laughs> Please, just don't read this board today. This is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have my huge head. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway so uh yeah we got bad guys showing up on a uh, space station now the end of salt now obviously you said empire salt's taken so we got to change the name of that yeah so uh we'll think of a core name for that um but salt ended with him leaving that planet and being chased by the corporation correct he had at least caused trouble for them and caused them to lose some of their revenue so he's on their radar uh, things things we haven't kind of touched on for the character beyond just most of it is why he's got such a beef with this sci-fi mega corporation and why he's going around specifically ruining all other business ventures. Um, now a little bit of a reminder just for us is that we had planned this series to be kind of like a series of semi standalones where this character salt shows up causes trouble and moves on to the next one. And maybe there's some grand unifying like final episode or something where everybody comes together and does their thing. Maybe not. I don't think we worry about that for this one. Yeah. Um, do you think that it's, it's cooler for, um, yeah, he's probably going to have some kind of shoes. Yeah, he's probably got uh, shoes. <laughs> why not? Uh, space shoes. Um, yeah. Okay. So because he is someone who doesn't, really care about what he's doing i'm assuming he just kind of causes trouble for people uh also i got some new colors which i'm very happy about Ooh. and uh they're back to the original smell production value so yeah Careful. so hey, say that for later yeah hopefully it's gonna get pretty funny um okay so it, I, I like this maybe starting out without the knowledge of salt right like th this yes. is starting out maybe on a, on a space station these people don't know who salt is and we're kind of traveling we're, we're going along their life which is probably pretty bad right we're this, gonna assume this is not salt's story this is someone else's story where he shows up and kind of he's not an antagonist but he's definitely not a hero he shows up and throws the characters lives on their head cool yeah i like that 
Okay, so we're going to pick up with um, a very Empire-like space station, correct? A very uh, Death Star-esque? I think so. Um, maybe not a weapons platform. It seems like we've kind of set up this network of exotic... Remember in the first one, they were mining crystallized oxygen for oh, a water it. planet. Yeah. So what if this was an equally exotic like material research station? Or, or where... is this... A or is this a processing planet? It could be processing planet. Um, I was stuck on. I had the idea that it was. Hey, wait, hey, pause. What's DS Nine? Deep Space Nine, the Star Trek. Deep Space uh, Nine. So oh, there's Trek nerds here. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. We're we're multidisciplinarian. Or... I thought I saw Tim B. Siegel in there, so I was like, there can't be Trekkies in here because he's. He's kind of anti-Trekkies from what I hear. He kicks people off his show for being... <laughs> Listen, don't instigate trouble in our chat. This is the first time... This is our first show on the uh, Scene Snobs Network, so we got to be All right, careful. that's fair. That's fair. Um, that's fair. No, I had imagined this one as, like, if it's a space station, maybe it's in... Maybe it's in, like, orbit around a star, and it's kind of, like, siphoning off energy or something like that, and then transmitting it somehow. It's a, it, We're setting this way in the future beyond any sort of modern manufacturing capabilities so yeah. we can have it be as weird sci-fi as we want yeah now do you want it to touch it all with the first movie like is this maybe the processing plant for that um crystallized oxygen that maybe he just passes by accident uh no because it should be a different company completely because i like i like him bringing somebody bad to a place that's already bad. I think that's that's interesting. It's either a different company or it's a different arm or like department of a different company. Um so <laughs> I I think at this point oh, it's right. that's true. That's true. All right, I, yeah, my my apologies. <laughs> I think at this point in the series we shouldn't be quite so obvious about it being follow-ups and we should start off with like I mean obviously people are going to know it's in the same universe. But we start off with just like unrelated people to the first movie whatsoever, unrelated whatever. Cool. And then in the first act, at some point, like a ship, uh, a lone, like a single, single, single occupancy craft comes out of like a warp gate, and it's trailing whatever ship's trail in this universe to show that it's been like shot, and the people on the station are like, "That person needs help. We gotta help him." And then he shows up, and they're like. Who are you? We don't know who you are because he's not a famous figure. And then he, I like the idea that he's being trailed by someone like a, a, a hostile force or something. Maybe he is fleeing from the scene of some, some sort of trouble he's caused. Maybe yeah. he's hurt and he has to like not manipulate. Well, maybe he does manipulate them into caring for him, but he shows up. He's like, Hey, I need help. Get me fuel, get me ammunition, get me supplies, and I'll get out of here. And then whoever's pursuing him, like a whole, like a, a, a micro fleet materializes out of the warp gate and they put the station on lockdown because a fugitive has arrived or something like that. No, I like that. So we're going to pick up this story with some workers at Ultra Corp, right? <laughs> and, uh, working uh, title. Working title, Ultra Corp. And they are in orbit around a star and they are mining uh the gaseous version of aluminum sure right and sure. they're doing and they're doing this for inhaler purposes for some other um alien that needs you know they can only breathe aluminum i have sure. no idea yeah whatever okay so these guys are, are working at this 
corporation that's mining gaseous aluminum or at least uh, bottling it. It's very similar to the old mining towns where everybody who lived in the town worked in the mines or worked in a business supporting the mines. The mine company like gave out mine dollars. And so you had to go like shop, like they own everything. You can't yeah. get off the station without a, a transfer voucher or something like that. So they're right. stuck. And I imagine things are not good for them. Cool. So do you want to give maybe the workers the traditional rise up story, almost like a Snowpiercer style, except before they get to, um, before they get to like their, their goal, salt shows up. I, I like that idea because it would start up as like maximum, maximum. effort. I yeah. love that. It would it could start up as people thinking like oh they're just doing the same thing they did last time or because the last time was kind of like a workers rise up story yeah and then it becomes less of a workers rise up story and more we have to get out of here or you know and then it becomes the issue of like difficulty about turning someone over to the authorities if you shouldn't or something along those lines. Cool. Okay, so the workers are here and they are being treated like miners. They're probably under the same conditions as like the asbestos people here. Mm -hmm. um, and and they're, they're getting sick because of their job, but they're stuck there. They can't get out of it because they live there and they're kind of in that uh, endangered yeah. servitude kind of thing. Their suits are bad enough that it like burns like their neck where the seals are like it does in the expanse. Um, yeah. So we're going to get close to a rise up situation. Yeah. Who, um, I imagine. Who, sorry. No, I was going to say, who's our window character? Well, I was just about to say, I imagine the opening scene is like that meeting where everybody is like, hey, we lost another six people to aluminum vapors this last week, this last pay cycle or something. We got to start really kind of getting this moving. And maybe the meeting gets broken up by like union busters or something like that. All right. So we're going to start in a company meeting. Right. Not even a company meeting, just a worker meeting. Oh, worker meeting. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. And uh, someone there does have a cat. Thank you, Mick. Okay. It is good luck to have cats on space stations. Why not? Okay. We're definitely going to highlight cat because that's obviously that's a necessity. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm Space cats. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to pick up in this uh, in this worker meeting, and they're going to talk about everything. And who who do you want to see as the 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 main character who is going to fail, unfortunately? So, well, he fails at this initial, but he, there could be a secondary thing that they develop that he gets going. So our last one had kind of like a trio where it was the three kids. It was mm -hmm. um, Endy. She was a minor. Um, Brack, who was kind of like the jock, and Theus, who was a mechanic. Um, I say that we don't do another young group. I say this time we do slightly older, maybe a little more seasoned and cynical, and that yep. way we can have a different kind of tone to it. Because that last one had a real big theme of like rising to the challenge and becoming yourself. So this one maybe, I mean, we have, we still do rising to the challenge, but we could also be like. Maybe some things are worth fighting for. Absolutely. I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, dude? <clears throat> okay. So we have a, we're going to have a, a group of slightly older, but established and experienced people that have been working on this mine. Mine. Yeah. Um, and 
we're going to get to the rise up situation. Who, who's our main character here? Who, who's the window character? Um, I'm I'm feeling really. I, I'm I'm stuck on the imagery from Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Okay. So I'm thinking like maybe a soup mechanic. Oh, cool. Um, a soup suit. S U I T. Someone who is responsible for the integrity of the suits that they have on when they go out to operate it. Oh, that's cool. a good question, Tim. So, how does a company gain more workers? Do they borrow? Uh, we could borrow from Ready Player One, where they're working off their debt, but have to pay for the food and stuff. We could do that. Um, I like the idea. I like the idea of indentured servitude. Like, yeah, Elon Musk suggested that as a way to get people to Mars a few months ago. So, yeah, I, I think they go to, uh, I think this company, uh, which we have called Maximum Effort Gas Association, which is uh, mega for short. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, thank you. Uh, and also thank Tim. Um, so what I think they do is when they need workers, they just go invade a local planet and take a, 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 a you, you don't like that? They or couldn't. Do, I, I, do, I don't like it being so hostile. I like the idea that they have like maybe a staffing agency that it's like venture out voyage to the stars like go experience life on a on a space platform magnificent views uh your labor may be uh the proceeds of your labor may be siphoned off to pay for your trip out there but once you have enough money you can go wherever you like and then of course once you get onto this station the only way out is through a corporate jet or a corporate ship so they're kind mm. of stuck Oh, we could also go the maniac route. Did you watch that show? Yes. With like the ad credits or whatever. Like if you wanted to go somewhere and you yes. didn't have money, you could just have an ad buddy. So you're like you. this? Yeah. So like oh, so yeah. If, okay. So if somebody wants to say, uh, go on a nice vacation or whatever, they would. Yeah. Have to work for this company yeah. for X amount of years and they would pay for their stuff. And then, of course, as you have to get food and supplies, the prices go up, and you're just kind of stuck in this loop of self-perpetuating debt. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really cool. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, so, Adios, Tim. yeah. Okay. So, so we're 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 meeting them at a meeting where they are discussing, and I think it probably makes sense pacing wise to have them finalize the fact that they need to do something. Yeah. Like this is this is, you know, the <clears throat> we do the thing where it zooms through all the levels of the station and we see establishing shots and then we go to a big like cafeteria style room where a bunch of people are shouting. They're all like there's some people up on a podium or on the like they're standing on a table in the center of the room because it's all like <clears throat> really kind of jury rigged. Excuse me. <clears throat> But um, there we could we would see the main character. Uh, I don't know. Someone in the chat give us a sci-fi name. Well, I we picked I picked Fort for short for uh like Fortham. Fortham. Yeah. Is that a reference I'm not getting? I don't think so. Cool Fort. Um, I like it. Yeah. So um. We see four. I imagine he's probably standing in the back of the room with his arms crossed. Oh, I thought that was a she. She? It could be she. Yeah. You said suit mechanic, and I saw like this, like you know, super like real strong uh, girl named. I was Fort just trying to see how it was spelled. Oh, cool. like F O R T. Fortham. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
H-A-M? Sure. Cool. Um, Fort Ham. So um, we see the, we see her kind of in the back of the room with her arms crossed as some firebrands kind of lead the, uh, I guess this is kind of like a strike meeting almost. Like they're planning on like kind of trying to go on strike to grind the station to a halt until their demands are met. Mm-hmm. Maybe cool. maybe food shipments are getting low. Maybe the um, maybe they had a break in like the food synthesizer, and so they got like a shoddy part that makes the food just absolutely awful. And it's all like protein paste, you know, because it's sci- it's dirt, it's dirty sci-fi. So yeah, now like, there's bits, now there's bits of metal in it. Yeah, or like unground up bits of bug or something like that. If we want to go Snowpiercer, why not? Yeah. Um, so we see that meeting, and they. Uh, I think they ultimately do come to the decision where they are going to deliver their strike demands. Right. Yep. I love that. Cool. Um, and I'm just, I'm going to spin some stuff out here for just a second as like kind of like a progression I could see for this. Um, we think the first act is going to be them kind of establishing the strike. Like we see that scene maybe for, um, maybe her partner is really into the idea of giving it, like taking it to ultra corp or something like that. So she's kind of following around for a little bit. Um, we see them interface with a bunch of other departments. We see them deal with security. Maybe the meeting gets, I say we, we could just jump into the action where the meeting gets broken up by station security. Yeah. I love um, that. Then we see, I, I say, I say we see time passing. Um, and we see them kind of deal with the miners and the staff, and maybe they have a sympathetic guard or something like that on their side. And it's just them kind of like, you know, we do a montage of them getting all these people together. And just as they're about to, well, maybe not just as they're about to, um, what if Fort's partner is in like the monitoring station where they just monitor ship traffic and that sort of thing. And, She's there one night, maybe just kind of like they're enjoying each other's company during their like sleep break or something like that. And then they get a ship come through the hyperspace portal. I imagine they do like they have like a worm, like a worm space portal. Okay. Like um, it's not that it's not freedom of movement in hyperspace. Like there are certain styles in science fiction where faster than light travel is not achievable in our universe as far as we're aware. But when you're doing sci-fi, it's really the only feasible way to have multiple different locales without it just being impossible to on a timeline basis. Cause space is big. The immortal words of Douglas Adams space is very big. It's pretty big. So I imagine that they, they have some sort of soft sci-fi hyperspace where we can move faster than light to make things quick. I say we do, uh, hyperspace portals where okay. they have like a, they have specific hyperspace lanes and you can drop in and out of them. But the only way to really get in and out is through the portals at either end. So they have a portal by the station that kind of connects to the greater network across the galaxy. So yeah, almost like guardians of the galaxy style where you got to hit like jump points kind of. Yeah. Yes. Right, jump cool. points. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, so uh, Fort's partner is in the monitoring station when they detect an unexpected and unscheduled arrival and this single person craft comes blaring through the portal and it's trailing engine fumes or something. And they're like, well, this is weird. 
Uh, and then it's like, do we report this? And she goes, why? Why would we report this to any? Like, what do we owe them? It's a single person craft. They're going to jettison any second. And then they're interrupted as like a, a, you know, the cockpit breaks open and they jettison out. And they're like, oh shit, they're alive. We have to go, we have to get someone. So then another action scene can go place where they have to do this extravehicular rescue, right? I mean, all that sounds cool. Uh, cool. I guess my question right now is, is, is timing. So we usually work our stories in a three arc yes. storyline. And I guess the way I'm seeing it so far is that we're slowly talking up to the first arc. This correctly. is this is partway through the first one, yeah. Now, is, is Salt's arrival the end of the first arc? Or does he come maybe midway or uh, like almost two-thirds of the way in to really just break up everyone's plans? I think the first arc is Salt's arrival, but he's in such a bad state that he's not a player yet. And his arrival, they're like... We can't, we can't delay our effort. Like we were planning on storming the headquarters today. Cool. We can't now, delay this just because a guy shows up. Cool. Now I'm assuming it is salt. He's knocked out or something. He's not like they, they can't no. talk to him. Okay, cool. Now is this a thing where they were about to do the uprising, and then when salt gets there, they're like, cool. And then maybe if they do a little bit like biometric scanning or whatever, they find out that he's wanted for crimes against uh, Megacorp. And maybe they think, cool, salt's on our side. We got another person. And when he wakes up, he's like, no, 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 I, I got to dip. I got to get out of here. Like people are after me. I like, I like that idea. Um, I had been thinking the sequence of events is salt arrives. They get him onto the station. They start their uprising and then suddenly station-wide alarms start blaring. And they're like, they didn't know we were doing this. What's going on? Because another force has come through the portal and it completely interrupts their schedule. Or do you want it to be <clears throat> that they find out about Salt's pursuit later and they don't show up quite yet? See, I, I like them finding Salt. I like them thinking Salt is on their side. I like there being that little thing of even the, these miners having a little bit more hope because now Salt is there, who is, to them, a perceived hero he's a yeah. perceived han solo he's not he's a punk yeah. kind of okay so when he finally wakes up and they're like hey here's our plan and that's when salt's like hey uh no 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 i, I gotta get out of here I, I got to roll and that's when the alarms start showing up and they're like what did you what what what's happening how do they know that we're about to do this and, and then we hop into what you were talking about i think that's okay. really, i think cool. that's really cool yeah uh so we want salt to wake up before they launch their they do they delay it because they're um I like the idea that someone recognizes him as like, no, this guy causes trouble for Ultracorp. Like he could really help us. Maybe yeah. it's Fort's uh partner because she monitors all the communications. So she's like, No, this guy's this guy's got a bounty on him. Do we turn him in? No, we don't turn him in. He helps us. You yeah. hear what he did, and then we have our only reference to the previous movie where it's like, You hear what he did on Grillby? Yeah, I like that. And, then, and they're like, well, should we do it or should we wait for should we wait for him to wake up? And they're like, we might as well just wait for him to wake up. But one more person will only just help. Yeah. And that's when the alarms go off, which probably wakes Salt up. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that being like a moment in a Star Wars style movie. Um, yeah. So that's when Salt wakes up and they're like, okay, we have to go now. We have to go now. Yeah. And Salt's like, no, 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 I got to get out of here. And that's when like the portal shows up, the portal pops open. And Megacorp is there looking for salt. 
So Tim has a fair question. Uh, why is he named Salt? And if it's just a name, it should have a backstory to his mining days and how he didn't have one. Um, that's that's a good point. I um, So we had come up with the name Salt as just a name. It's a sing it's a strong sounding. It's I'm a big fan of naming characters other words in fiction. If in sci-fi and fantasy you kind of have the liberty to name people kind of whatever you want. So I really like naming people things like uh fortune, salt, uh splendid. Kind of weird like self-assigned even sometimes nicknames. And we had intentionally last time not given Salt a backstory beyond his drive to screw up Ultracorp as much as he could by instigating revolutions. Also, mm -hmm. Salt is a term in pro-labor movements for someone who will arrive at a workplace intentionally to try and instigate unionization efforts or strikes. So as a guy who shows up to corporate environments and causes trouble, the name Salt kind of rings that bell for people who know it. I like the idea that he is a an old miner of some sort. Um, I think that I don't think we need to give him too much backstory in this one, especially. We'll do that in like two months when we do a follow up to this episode. Um, let me take a note of the date. Yeah, I, I assume that his parents are like his parents were miners, like uh, in in danger or enslaved miners. Yeah, and that's how he got the name because it'd be something similar to like uh, the Game of Thrones, where whatever your mining job is, that's what your last name is, yeah. and he just goes by that throughout the galaxy. And if we want to justify his ability to cause trouble, we can have him like see the effort that it put his father through and his mother through and willingly send himself off to join like their security force or something like that. Young strapping lad families in the game for a long time. He volunteers to join ultra corp security detail, gets the skills he needs, goes rogue, goes around causing trouble. This is all vague backstory that we can toss in whenever we want. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so when last we left off with story stuff, um, they were waiting for Salt to wake up. He wakes up and they try to recruit him. He's not interested. Do they launch? The, then they launch anyway. They're like, we've waited too long. We have to start or we'll lose this momentum. And then they start yeah. their uprising or strike or whatever. Mm -hmm. And as they are delivering their demands, uh, unexpected portal lane opening detected. Yeah. Ship arrives. Ship arrives. Big ship arrives. And Big ship arrives. And Megacorp comes and they decimate our miners. Except for like our, our main three or four. Uh, Is this... Okay, so I want to get into... Sorry, I don't... Interrupting. I no, like the, I like where you're going. I think we make this... I think this is when we kind of expand the setting just a little bit. They work for Ultracorp, but they're a different department. It's their like... It's their, it's their strike buster squadron. Or... Well, no, uh, I, I was thinking I was thinking two different companies completely. Yeah. They also just, that, they have to be called Megacorp technically. Uh but no, they're two different companies. They're so, subsidiaries under the Ultracorp umbrella and they're just feuding corporations, or this is a completely different corporation I, and I, Salt is just antagonizing everybody he can. I think that it is it is an accident that Salt is there. I think these are two completely different companies, and I think yeah. we pick up in the rebellion style show. Um, but once Salt arrives, he brings 
bad news. He brings worse than what's going on. So yeah. as they're getting the uprising, Salt's coming in, like you say. And then the, the, that part is the same. They find out who he is. They think they got an ally. They think they got a hero in their hands. And when he wakes up, he's like, no, I just, I don't know how I got here. I got to get out of here. And they're like, we have, let's just go now. Let's deliver our demands yeah. right now. So as they're delivering our demands, portal pops open. Megacorp yeah. from episode one shows up. And the first thing to do is and they just decimate the majority of people on both sides and they land and they go, just bring assault. That's it. Just bring assault. And they don't care what's going on. <laughs> I like the idea that they show up and immediately attack it. I don't think they should show up and kill a bunch of people. They should show up and demonstrate their overwhelming force by like neutralizing their defense turrets, scrambling, like uh, de deploying a bunch of like anti-fighter mines or something like that. Like they show up ready to cause trouble and they completely neuter the station's defenses they're just like and then maybe you know as a show of force they land they land a token squad and just line people up yeah no i'm okay with that i just think that in the last episode salt ruined their plans salt messed up a lot of their stuff and if they're going to show up to just a you know an orbiting like a star orbiting uh mining thing it's just a ship to them and if they're going to come with like a full force and they show up at this ship, they're going to just do some havoc. They're going to they're rain down some terror. Well, remember in the stinger that we did last time, it was the assistant approaching the CEO of that corporation and saying, hey, the mines on Grilby are down. And he goes, he dismisses it as a minor loss. And then he goes on to, remember we had the Galactic oh, Senate yeah. where he consolidates power. I don't, I don't dislike that idea. I think... I, I wonder if we should just make this like a smaller yeah. corporation unrelated to the Grilby stuff. This is a yeah. different faction that Salt has antagonized. Maybe they're like, maybe they're like space pirates and salvagers and Salt is just going around like either pre-salvaging everything or just ruining the quality of everything around them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's just screwing up the quality of the salvage they could find. Yeah, I, I just like that he just kind of shows up haphazardly without yeah. really a plan and just messes stuff up because mm -hmm. somebody's always looking for him for something else. Yeah. So, yeah, that's cool. All right, so right around the middle of the movie is when Megacorp shows up, and that's as um, these renegade miners are about to overthrow oh. their their people, Ultra Corp. I figure that's at the end of the first act. We completely just cut the momentum to that storyline. With maybe like we could resume it later on. Like they had laid some, maybe they had some sort of like fail safe where they had rigged the station in some way, and that can come in later. Hmm. Okay. You know what I so, mean? So, what do you think the storyline for the whole second act is going to be? I think the second act is them trying to get out of here because now suddenly there's this conflict between this newly arriving force and the station they're currently on, and they are not equipped to fight these newcomers, and they're not willing to sacrifice themselves for the people who put them in such a bad position. All right. Now I'm assuming because this is part two of a series, mm -hmm. we might <laughs> we might the like the the uh, sorry. No, you, you honestly, you charge that round. Right. Uh, we're gonna hit the Empire Strikes Back kind of thing where we're gonna end on a down note because it is the middle of a series, you know, which is obviously the middle of a long movie that's broken up in movies. But we're gonna have to end on a down, right? Like that that yeah. kind of has to happen. So I think. Carry on. You're, you're on a roll. Go for it. <laughs> so I think what's going to have to happen is A, Salt has to get away. Like, that's a fact, right? Uh, B, 
our heroes of this movie have to suffer a loss. So I think they don't get away. Okay. I think that I think that what happens is he, maybe Salt inadvertently destroys the people in charge, and then because he leaves, he brings old like he takes old Megacorp with him, and they're left here in rubble, but with an easier ability to overthrow. Uh yes, I agree. Um, I think so. One of my one of my kind of like one of a trope I really like is we did it. Hey, get hey, no, I'm in charge. Like they they do it and then immediately fall to infighting. Yeah. So they they I like that they successfully drive off people. The station's in habitable condition, but now oh, what if the hyper what if the hyper like salt goes through the like the hyperspace tunnel and it closes behind them? Like he manages to get through and the miners don't, and they're yeah, like, that- we don't know when it's going to open again. That, that's cool. I, I do like what you said about almost like a, a power vacuum. So mm-hmm. what if there's like a almost a B story where other people that are working on this thing are also about to rise up and we don't really know a lot about that. Like say it's like a, just a different faction of what they're <laughs> doing there. And so when Salt leaves and the portal closes, they can't go and they go, well, at least, you know, we're free of this thing. And that's when that picks up. Like it, we, we end it with the, the internal fighting of the, that, of that money, labor and security. The labor and security force are together to drive off to to get better working conditions. When the corporate overseers are gone, security people are like, "Okay, but we kind of run this place." And the labor's like, "No, this was our movement, and you were part of it." And then we end on the tension where, and then maybe Fort and all the reasonable people who are hanging out with like Fort, they leave. They just get in a ship and they're like, we're going to broadcast our distress signal as far as we can, but we're going to duck. Yeah. Cool. Have a going, Tim. Right on, Tim. Take it easy out there. Um, or is that because considering. No, so I like clo- that. Closing the hyperspace portal might be too harsh because that effectively strands them in this arm of space. Yeah, but I think. Until I think they that- reopen it. But I think that's kind of what we're interested in here is what the every person is going through while yeah. the story is going on around them. So in episode one, like, yeah, Salt got away, but all of our friends like are, are kind of almost worse off now because it's going to get bad for them. Yeah. And in episode two, it should kind of mimic that. We're like, yeah, Salt gets away. The people yeah. that we're kind of following, they're a little worse off. But I yeah. also like him. I also like him slowly building up a team over the course of the series. And then the tensions of that come to, well, yeah, Salt, you're getting work done, but at what expense? Like, at least these people had a living. At least they were connected to the wider humanity. And you just leave a trail of just, like, broken stuff behind you. And and he goes, that's the idea. (laughs) He's just, I think think in the third one, when we do a third one, we eventually reveal that Salt is just like, you're right. I never said I was here to help people. I am here to cause them trouble. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, we're rooting for a not very good guy. But the alternative is like galactic wide, like labor oppression. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. I like the idea that he kind of constantly says to them, but I saved you. And they're like, but my family. And he's like, but I saved you. You know, something like that. We're like, he feels that he's still doing good. And he's not. Okay, cool. So what we're going to have here, let's break some of these characters down. So we have our main character who's Fort, and she is a suit mechanic. 
And yeah. that's super cool. And her partner, uh, the name I wrote down is Bisk, B-I-S-K. Cool. You cool with that? Okay. Yeah, I like that. And Bisk is Fort's partner. And what she does is she is the she monitors the ship traffic in and out. She checks security. She's that person. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have our sympathetic guard. The name I wrote down for that is Jaffer, J-A-F-F-E-R. Um, sympathetic guard who kind of gives them a little bit of information. Uh, and we probably see him later on and, and lets some stuff slide. We're not really too sure. Yeah. And then as a fourth name, I don't have this character yet, but I have the name Pion, P-I-O-N. Uh, what if that is like the station like head, the CEO of the station, like the boss of the station? Cool. So he's the station boss. He's the one they have to depose or at least initially deliver their terms to. And then, of course, that doesn't go well. Yeah. Okay. So the first third of the movie is the workers trying to figure out how to uprise, knowing how to do it, about to do it, mm -hmm. salt, salt arriving. Then obviously they think they're going to, they're up to some, some yeah. good stuff. Megacorp shows up as they're about to overthrow and bad stuff happens. All right. So the second, the second arc of this movie, the second, uh, uh third. This is, I figure this is mostly the arriving Megacorp kind of consolidating their power. They set up, they cordon off the hyperspace lane. They arrive on the station. They completely depose the current corporate government. And this is like um, the part, this is like Cloud City from Empire, where the heroes are in an occupied space, just kind of trying to get their feet under them after a failed uprising. They've tried, they've planned for so long. They had so many people on board. And now a complete external force has arrived and completely pulled the rug out from underneath their feet. Cool. So this is them getting re-steady and eventually realizing at the end of the second act, we need to get out of here. Now, how do you feel about having this being almost like a bureaucratic fight where Megacorp shows up and Ultracorp is like, you guys don't even have jurisdiction here. And Megacorp's like, no, mm -hmm. we actually do have jurisdiction. And then there's kind of like a battle for what, you know, who's yeah. actually in charge of what happens to these slaves or whatever. We um, have um, we have hostile negotiations between Pion and whoever arrives from the Megacorp security. And in the meantime, Megacorp security is going around the station, rounding people up, looking for salt, knocking on doors, uh, kicking babies yeah. Uh, yeah. Be in general, just jackbooted thugs. Just punks. Yeah. Um, now, what are our heroes doing during this time? Uh, I figure if the... I, I, I figured the idea when the security guys show up, it turns the revolution violent. Like, they get the alarm start blaring, someone gets loose with a trigger finger, there's a big fight between the on-station security and the uprisers, and then this is kind of them, the heroes are going through and trying to find the people they think might have been hurt. All the B characters, all their, all their friends, all the people they were kind of talking with, this is them going, getting out there and being like, oh, is Jack, have you seen Jack? Is Jack okay? And it's like, well, last I saw he was in Corridor 3 you know, 36 when they shut the airlock and then it's like nobody in corridor 36 got out. They vented that. And so it's them coming to coming to terms with their losses and adjusting to their new status quo. And probably if we want to give Fort and um, 
I have the name written down, Fort and Bisque, like some sort of contraband measure or some reason they would be singled out. Um, I mean, hell, they're probably just after Bisque because she's the one who has like all of the station logs. Yeah. She probably has all their communications and all of their like, um, uh, like their validation keys or whatever. Like she knows how to send messages out and stuff like that. So they're probably trying to lock down the station. So it's probably them just trying, just evading and we have some guerrilla action. All right. I love that. Um, what is the crux of the second arc? What, what is, what are we pushing down into the end? I figure this is them trying to get salt to join them. And when they realize he's not going to, they try to blackmail him into taking as many of them with him as possible. All right. And then they also have to get a ship at some point and get out of here. Yeah. I figure at the end of act two, they solidify a plan to get out of there. Act three is them kind of like trying to steal a station ship and running the blockade into the loop. And then the loop shuts behind them. And they're like, we have to, we have, you know, when we, when we get everybody together and go back and get the rest of them and salt goes, I mean, you can do that. Uh, they, they say like, you know, where are we landing salt? We were going to have to get a ship. And he goes, yeah, good luck to you. And they're like, what do you mean? I, once we land, you're free to stick around, but I am not going back there. I did yeah. what I, I did what I came to do. Now. I also like salt inadvertently helping. So let's just say that the ship that he has to take is the megacorp ship, whatever that causes uh, all their defenses to, to go away. So like say they have like one main ship and they kind of deploy defenses all around this mining camp or mining yeah. station. If salt takes the main ship, those defenses shut down. So let's say that salt somehow helps inadvertently. Cause I'm, I'm cool with that too. I like the idea that he's helping them in some way. I think that, I'm not a huge fan of the take one ship and everything shuts down. It's like the, the killing the hive mind, which is, you know, you kill the head zombie and all the other zombies drop down. It just erases the cleanup for the heroes. That's fair. I, I, I like the idea of him helping though. What if he is like, what if he just agrees to help thin the occupiers on their way to the, to get the ship or something like that? Or like he just is like, I'll take out as many as I can. Or not even that. What if he agrees to help them like subvert the station security system so it only recognizes them as friendlies, and then the station itself starts to like clean out the occupiers? Okay. I so there's a video game I play. It's a multiplayer game called Space Station 13, and part of that game is that someone is the artificial intelligence, and the artificial intelligence has to help everybody on the station do their job. That's it. They open doors. They reroute electricity. They do stuff like that. And the reason that the AIs never hurt anybody is that they can't hurt humans. They recognize the crew is human and they can't hurt humans. But if someone goes into the station like mainframe and changes one of their rules to nobody on the station is human, fair game. Okay, cool. So what if he like subverts on station security measures and he's like, tappa, tappa, tappa. All right, you guys are set. Uh, feel free to make the AI do whatever you want it to do. So he just kind of hacks her stuff and dips. Yeah, he gets he gets them to the hangar. And then on the way, they're like, hey, you can't just, you know, duck like this. And he goes, well, I can, but I'm not going to leave your friends high and dry. Cool. So he does that. He finds the ship. Now, how do we get back at Ultra Corp for this? 
How, how does Salt inadvertently help the miners take out UltraCorp? Does he just like... Just what if the, what if this station is responsible for supplying a huge portion of their like starship fuel or something like that? So it wipes out a huge source of their potential ability to move around. They can still move around, but they have to solidify and consolidate and really focus on the important stuff. So it weakens their grip on a lot of the like more far-flung areas. Sure. How, how does it do that? By liberating the station from their control. So he, but yeah, but how does he do that? <laughs> oh, I, um, I mean, I'm seeing part of this as being him leading just like, not really seven samurai in it, but kind of like helping lead. He's like, oh, wow. You guys had stockpiled some stuff, huh? You were ready for something. And they're like, yeah, well, I mean, it was going to be nonviolent mostly, but we were ready to hold out. And he goes, okay. Uh, maybe he does infiltrate. Maybe there is a command ship and he infiltrates it and like does something to like hamstring it somehow. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I'm definitely into that. I do like him hurting. The, yeah. the, the the bad guys, but not because he wants to, but just that's just how it happens. <clears throat> so I like that. I also, what if he needs, say, he needs uh, one of his characters to to get this ship out? Like he needs the people to help him, which is why they're like, "Look, we, we're not gonna we're not gonna let you get the ship out if you don't help us do this." What if um what if Bisk has the one of the only activation? Like she knows the activation code for the ring, and when the security guys come through, they shut it behind them. And they're like, we can't open it without the override code. And Bisk is like, well, I mean, I have it on a physical stick in the office. So if we can get to the office, we can get out. Perfect. So she'll help Salt if Salt helps them, right? If Salt, if yeah. salt just decimates the people. Okay, so then uh, that's when maybe Salt changes the security measure stuff and he gets uh, whatever. How, how did, all right, what's what's the last little bit of this movie? Um, I figure we see all this. I figure we see the station guys kind of um, wind up winning and they have, you know, they, they throw the... The aggressors into the brig or something, and then we see them start infighting. We cut, we cut from there. That's the last we see of the actual station because now we're with Salt, and uh, we've got Fort and Bisque. Maybe Jaffer. I think Jaffer is probably left behind. Yeah. Um, but we see Fort Bisque and maybe their families on Salt's ship, and that's when we get like. I mean, if you're going back, you are going back because I'm not coming back. I'm not going back there. I did what I was going to do. And then uh, either they arrive at like an independent station or they reach the jump ring or something like that. And it's like, it's just the end of the movie is just like we got out, but we left a lot of people behind for who knows how long and to who knows what. Yeah, love that. Okay, and then we also got to work on our stinger because we're going to lead into the third part, obviously. Yeah. Now, I feel like the stinger of part one was that there was a huge conglomerate. Yeah. And now, they, were, they were reporting news that the Grillby mines had been brought offline. And then the, the guy who leads the corporation is just like, huh, that's weird. And then goes on to 
deliver some sort of thing to the uh, Galactic Senate or something and get an additional power. Yeah, so I think at the second one, the stinger should be, A, we reveal our first main individual bad guy, and B, we're letting the audience know that this mega corporation, the big, big corporation, knows about salt. Yeah, so no, I agree like, with that. Yeah, it's very similar to the first stinger, almost like shot for shot kind of thing. And they go, hey, we lost a mine around the star. What, what, what's the name of the star? Uh, uh, Hierophon. Hierophon. Okay, cool. Uh, Hierophon. And all, all right. these names are tempor potentially temporary. Yeah. Yeah, except for salt. Salt sand. Yes. <laughs> okay, so then that's when we have the stinger there. And that's when the company finds out about salt. And they're like, okay, I guess we actually got to do something. Yeah. And then, there, uh, there are similarities between what happened on multiple other outposts. And he's like, hmm, we'll have to, do, we'll have to establish a, an in. Not not a not an investigation, whatever term, an internal affairs investigation into bad in, into external agents affecting our whatever. Yeah, and then the the main person who is in charge of Megacorp that we saw in episode one, Stinger, hands the file to the main big bad of the full series, and is like, or what? or. Or turns his chair and we see that he's in a conference with a bunch of other guys and there's the the big window in the center of some shadowy figure. And so we get the idea that this is way more far-reaching than we thought. Yeah. And that news is about to get kicked up to everybody. Yeah. And they have a file on salt. Yeah. They well, they start one. We see it like, you know. Oh, yeah. We see them start transferring all of these similar incidents into an incident report. And it's just like... Ding, 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 ding. And we see that he's been busy. Yeah. Cool. Oh, that is cool. All yeah. Right. Um, so we got a couple minutes left. Now, Empire Salt, obviously we can't use. Now, do you want to quickly yeah. change this? Uh, what, what's our name for something that's similar to Empire? I, I, I like how um, this feels, um, but obviously Empire taken. Um, but so we need like a two-syllable name for something that is grandiose. Uh, not... Empire salts really good. not kingdom. We don't do a government body. We no. don't do we don't do anything corporate. We could do like so. One of the big things is that salt. He's leaving like issues behind him, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like so, stacking up a bunch of junk. Yeah, he's just he, well, he's just fleeing his problems, and he can't look behind him. And the big thing, I mean, the big big biblical image of salt is a pillar of it, like pillar of salt where you look behind you and the woman you're leading out of the underworld gets turned to salt because you're not quite out yet. Ooh. So salt salt can't look behind him or else all of his work is going to be undone. So pillar of salt. And if and if he's the main the main kind of character who shows up in all of these, he's like a pillar that everything builds on. Cool. All right, I love that. Pillar of salt actually is cooler than empire salt. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we did it. We got another yeah. We got another project to do. Well, everyone, that's been our show. Thank you so much for hanging out and making another weird but great project for some nobodies mm. to work on. And uh, obviously, you just heard us sum this thing up. This is another uh, 
I guess, entry into the pillar of salt, yeah. which is uh, our version of what a Star Trek or Star Wars or big mega universe movie this should be. This is our big space be. opera. Our big opera. Um, if you want to check in on this and other weird things and other things, you know, other projects we got going on, you can always go to uh, somenobodies.com, which is right up here on top of that board. And if you really want to be our friend and help us make more and more and more things, including a movie or a board game or a theme park based on the Blade Runner universe, then head over to patreon.com backslash some nobodies. You know you want to work on that. Yeah, of course. Uh, some people that not only need that we need to thank, but we also very, very want to thank. Mm -hmm. uh, number one, Mick Manhattan from Scene Snobs. Um, that's awesome yeah. stuff, man. It, it's radio. It's it's television. It's entertaining. And uh, now we're a very small part of it, and we do appreciate it. Scott Curtis much. from Behind the Bits. If you're into award-winning interviewers or even award-winning podcasts, please check out Scott Curtis Behind the Bits. That guy is awesome, and he knows how to ask a question. We got yeah. some East Coast friends that we got to thank, Sarah Tkachik and Tanya Sheck. Uh, if you're into uh, other podcasts, you can always go to listener app at the greatest podcast app on Instagram. Those guys are super cool. And Jim E at the Ian foundation, uh, who brings chess without borders to people who want to play chess that can't. So yeah. awesome important, dude there. Work. important work and to Dylan Terry, my very, very best friend. I appreciate you so much. And thank you for spending any amount of your time with me. And also thank you for not texting me back so we can have shows about me <laughs> asking you why you don't text me back. And to you, Zach, understanding that I'm not a casual texter. I appreciate I, you, man. I, I appreciate you all, even through the silence. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to see more of our stuff every Sunday, you got talking up stream every Tuesday. You got twitching up stream where you can talk to us live. Other than that, head up to this place right here and check in yeah. on uh, Pillar of Salt. I just ran my mouse cursor over it as if people could see it. That's our show, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.